Excited, you guys, having a super day. You guys excited about the Patriots winning today? All right, just saying. All right, I had to say that before I get in the message so, you know, the Holy Spirit can now take over. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We are doing a new series today. I'm super excited about it. It's called 40 Days in the Word. Okay, and my goal is for you to live, love, and learn the Word like never before, because this is your life right here. The Word of God, it's living, it's active, and it will change your life if you apply it to your life. And so we're going to talk about the Word of God, and I, got, I do have some challenges for you. And the first challenge for you over this series, because we're going to be doing this uh, for the next six weeks, is to listen to every one of the messages, Okay. So I know that you're here, you're doing a good job, you're already doing the first challenge, but if, you know, we have a snow day or if you're on vacation or you miss a Sunday, I want to challenge you, don't miss the message. You can get the message online or you can request a CD if you'd rather listen to it that way, but make a commitment to learn and listen to every one of the messages about the Word, okay, on this series. How many of you can do that first challenge with me, okay? Awesome. Second challenge. And this is not a new challenge, it's something that we've been talking about for a while, is to memorize one verse of Scripture a week. This week's uh, verse is Joshua 1.8. And um, I love this verse, I've talked about this verse, I've preached on this verse. Uh, I've probably actually asked you to memorize this verse in the past, so if you did, you're already way ahead, except um, this is a different translation than the one that I've memorized, so I have to rework my brain a little bit. But this is what it says, keep this book of the law... Uh, always on your lips, okay? Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. How many of you could use a little prosperity and success in your life? Now, the Bible gives this amazing promise that if you will speak it, if you will think it, and if you will do it, you will be prosperous and successful. Do you know that God gave his word to us not to make us a list of do's and don'ts and to make us feel like we're never living up and to live this impossible. That's not why God gave this to us, okay? Some see this as a religion book. I see this as a life book. God gave this to you so you could be alive and you could prosper in life and be successful in life. And every area of our lives can find the truth right here, right in front of us. It's God's word. How many can give me an amen on that one? Okay, this will change your life right here. And so we're going to talk about that verse a little bit today, and we're going to meditate and memorize on that verse this week. Now, if you've got a smartphone and you want to join the challenge, the weekly challenge to memorize a verse, pull your smartphone out right now, and you're going to, I'm inviting you to join our Word team. This is called the Word team. And if you have your smartphone, you can text the word WORD to this number coming up on the wall. <laughs> momentarily. There it is. And uh, if you do this, if you want to do this, each Monday morning, you will receive a text from us just giving you the verse of the week, and therefore, you have it with you all week long. Some of you um, like to have a hard copy, but this is, for those of you who use your phone a lot, every, t- every time you want to look at it, you can just click on that text, and you can see the verses right there in front of you. Uh, as soon as you click on that, and you type in Word and click on that number and send it, you'll also get a text back Uh, saying thank you for joining our our Word team, Uh, and you'll also be given a link. Can you go to that link right now? If you are not using a cell phone, uh, in your folder, there's a survey I want to ask you to take with us right now. So look in your folder, 
Look for a little card. It's four questions. And we're going to take this survey together. And if those of you who are on your phones, you can do the survey on your phone, okay? And this survey, let me tell you, before you start answering the questions, I'm going to walk you through the four questions. It's really simple. First of all, it's anonymous unless you're on your cell phone, but I don't, I'm not going to check what your answers are. I don't even care about that. We're just doing a survey as a family, take an inventory of our relationship with God, where we are today. And I want to do this same survey in four, five, or six weeks, and we're going to take the same survey, and I just want to, I just want to look as a family. That's where we are. Let's move forward in our walk with God. Let's make some strides together. And in four or five weeks, when we take the second survey, I'm going to give you the results. This is just our family just saying, hey, this is where we were. This is where we are. And I want to celebrate any movement that we see moving towards God, moving towards our relationship with him. Can we get excited about that? So this is anonymous. So the key for this survey is today, at this moment, just to be honest. It doesn't matter. Uh, there is no wrong answer. The, the only wrong answer is the dishonest answer. Just be honest about it. And question number one, so if you need a card or a pen and you see, if you're doing the card, um, raise your hand. we got ushers with cards and pens. If you don't have one, some of you as a couple came in and just took one folder and you only have one card. So our guys are coming around with the card and pens right now. If you're doing it on your cell phone, it's the exact same questions, okay? Question number one. You don't have to take this survey, by the way, but if you do take it, I'm asking you to take it again when we do it again if you're here, okay? All right, question number one is... How many days did you read the Bible this past month? Zero. Did you read it one to ten days, somewhere in that area? Did you read it 11 to 20 days or 21 or more days? Just an approximate answer there. We have a hand up here too. Okay, so answer one of those four. Zero days, one to ten days, 11 to 20 days, or 21 or more. All right, second question. How many weekly scripture verses did you memorize this past month? Uh, if you're just busy with us, the answer is zero, <laughs> probably, because you weren't here to, to even take the challenge on. Did you do any of the scripture memory? Did you do zero, one, two, three? Uh, at the most, you would have done four, because if, you know, if you did all the weeks last week. Okay? Did you do that? Some of you have been doing this challenge. Some of you haven't. That's fine. I'm just wanting to know where are we at, where are we going to be? Okay? Third question, how many Sunday mornings did you attend this past month? Zero, one, two, three, or four. Give a number there approximately if you can't tell for sure. And then finally, on a scale of 0 to 10, how strong of a relationship do you feel you have with God right now? How close do you feel to God right now, 0 to 10? Just what does it feel like to you? Do you feel like there's some distance? you feel you're pretty strong? What, what number would you give that? Okay, awesome. That's it. Thanks for taking that survey. Now, uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll take that again, and we'll just look at it, and we'll see if we've grown closer to God and if we're grown in our passion for the Word. If you filled out that card, would you just pass it to the, the aisles? Just get it to an aisle, and our usher's just going to collect those real quick as we uh, start the message, okay? Awesome. Thank you for doing that. Now, today I have one more challenge, and this is the big one. This is for the 40 days in the Word, it is for you to get in the Word, Okay? To get in this word daily, that's my challenge. You may have never considered reading the Bible or making this a daily part of your life. You may have never done that before. Maybe you have done it in the past, but you haven't been doing it recently. My, my challenge to you is to read the Bible at least one verse every day for the next 40 days. That's my challenge, having a daily devotional time with God in his word. Whether it's one minute or one hour, Hey, that's up to you, whatever your appetite is. But my challenge is, would you take on this challenge? 
to devote yourself to a daily time with God and his word. And I'm going to give you some tools if you want to do that, okay? For instance, in my family, I have teenagers. Uh, and so one of the challenges that I'm offering to my, my family, uh, which they're taking on, is to read through the book of Proverbs. Now, if you've never read through Proverbs, it is jam-packed, filled with amazing wisdom and just really cool sayings and, and wisdom for, for life, you know? And each uh, proverb is in a, into a chapter, and there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. And so what I'm doing is, whatever the date is, today's February 3rd, I'm reading Proverbs chapter 3. So you could do that with me. If you want to do that with me, that's one of the reading plans that I'm doing is I'm reading Proverbs every day. If you read Proverbs chapter 4 tomorrow, know that your pastor's reading Proverbs chapter 4 tomorrow. Some of his kids are reading Proverbs chapter 4 tomorrow. And we're looking for the golden nuggets. And we're going to talk about whatever our favorite verses of the day tomorrow, you know, with my kids. And that's just what we're doing as a family. Maybe you could do that as your family, okay? If you miss a day, you know, don't beat yourself up. Don't say, oh, I missed the challenge. I blew it. Just wake up on the 6th and read chapter 6. You're right back on track. Because the point isn't, like, did I do all of it? It's each day, let's learn how to establish this relationship with God and get in his word, okay? Uh, also, we have some other plans. Now, if you're a techie person, you can just go online, and there's a billion different Bible reading plans. If you just Google search Bible reading plans, you'll, you'll have all kinds of choices, okay? But when you leave today, if you want one of these, I've made three different plans for you. One is if you're a new Christian, I have a 30-day reading plan for new Christians here. So each day you read a part of one chapter. It would probably take you five minutes to read, but it'll give you a good overview of different stories in the Bible and different things that are really important to know as a new Christian, okay? If you are um, wanting a little bit more to read, then I have one here that's reading the New Testament in a year schedule, so if you want to do that, each day you read about one chapter or a little less than one chapter a day. And this will take you about five minutes, maybe six or seven minutes to read. And uh, it's just one chapter a day going through the whole New Testament by the end of the year. You'll have read the whole New Testament. Um, if you're hungrier than that and you're a little bit more accustomed to this, I have a year, read the whole Bible through in a year plan. And that takes a little bit longer. That's about three to four chapters a day. And that'll take you about 20 to 30 minutes. You know, it depends. Like, sometimes it takes me about 20 minutes to go through that um, a day, but there's some other chapters a little longer than others. But the goal is find a plan that works for you because if you don't have a plan, you're more likely to not do anything. But if you have a plan, it's sitting right in front of you, you can do it. It's really cool. It's really easy. Okay? So those are some challenges. Now, I'm going to get into the message in, and hopefully just get excited and motivate you why we're doing this. We're not doing this to be good little Christians. We're not doing this because it's something we should do, okay? We're doing this because we need to. Our life depends on it. God's word feeds us life. His truth sets us free. His truth uh, fills us with purpose and life and direction and wisdom, and it blesses us. And so we need this, and... Um, as we do this, there's one final resource I want to make, make a, a note of. Uh, for those of you who are on your phone, you're also going to be on Monday. You'll get a link to this website. But we are connected to a website. It's called 40 Days in the Word, and it's www. The, the, letter, the number 40, and then the initials D-I-T-W, in the, 
days in the Word. 40 days in the Word. T-D-I-T-W.com. If you go there, there is a collection of 40, for every day that we do this, 40 uh, devotional videos from amazing pastors throughout this country that dedicated uh, a video on one verse. It's about a 7 to 10 minute video. I've watched the first couple, and I'm like, man, this is really good stuff. If you can imagine, like, taking, like, if someone came to me and said, Pastor Tim, give me your very best five-minute sermon on any verse that just touches your heart and you can't, you just love it. I mean, you know, you know how exciting that would be for me? I would give my very best. I'd put it all in, boom, and you'd be like, wow, that was great. Well, that's what these guys have done for you, okay? And so um, if you want access to that, just go on that website. You're in. It's free. And that could be your daily devotional if you wanted to. It's going to be awesome. But my goal is to get us in the Word, okay? So today, as an introduction to the series, I want to talk about building my life on the Bible. This is the message we're going we're gonna to do today. It's called Building My Life on the Bible. Now, you guys know the story of the wise man and the foolish man. Jesus told this story. He said there's a wise man and there's a foolish man, and they both built their house. The wise man built his house on the rock. Foolish man built his house on the sand, and the storms came. The storms of life came. The, the wind blew. Uh, the, the rain came down. The waters, the flood came up, and it says it was, a, it was a tremendous storm. How many of you know that we can't predict all the storms, even though we have great weather, we can't predict life storms? In 2019, we've got a little start here. We've got a ways to go. We have no idea what storms are coming. In your personal life, there may be a financial storm, a health crisis, a relational crisis. There may be some storm that's coming. You don't know it's coming. God knows it's coming. But it's coming, and it's, we're all going to have some storms this year. I'm not trying to depress you. I'm just trying to be real with you. Storms are coming. We all have storms. Whether we're the wise man or the foolish man, we're all going to have some storms. You can be the most righteous person in the, in, on planet Earth, righteous, godly person, man, woman, but storms are still going to come to you. And Jesus said that when the storm comes, what makes the difference is whether you've built your house on the rock or whether you've built your house on the sand. Look at this verse here, Matthew 7, 24. Let me just substitute a couple words. Instead of house, Jesus is really talking about what? Your life. And instead of rock, he's really talking about what? The word of God, his teachings. So who built his life on the Bible? That's the message today, is the wise person. Because when those storms came, the same storm, one house stood strong. The other house collapsed. And Jesus is saying, if you don't build your life on the word of God, if you don't treasure this and, and let it become a part of who you are and form your thinking and walk in the good of this, when the storm comes, your life will collapse. You will experience loss. You will experience pain. You, you will experience a, a collapsing. But if you're strong in the Lord and in the word of God, you built your life on him, you will stand strong in those storms. And I want to stand strong this year because there's storms coming. Uh, I'm not afraid of those storms. I don't really want them, but when they come, I know that God is going to be with me. His word's going to sustain me. 
and we're going to be strong, and we're going to stand the test of that storm. How about you? Are you going to build your life on the rock? You're going to be a wise man, a wise woman, and build your life on the rock. That's what today's message is about, is to motivate you uh, to do this with me, okay? So I am a, I would like to call myself a wannabe handyman, all right? One of my hobbies is building. I, when I was little, I remember this because we moved from Flint to Clio uh, when, I, when I was in, turned, was going into second grade. So I know that this was happening when I was five and four, five, six years old. And I used to go in my mom and dad's garage, and I had a hammer, I had all these old nails, and I had all this scrap wood, and I used to build all kinds of amazing things. I have no idea what they were, but I was building all the time. Straightening out nails, and I just loved it. So my whole life, I've been like a builder. I love to build. But it's, I'm not that great at it, but I love building. So I'm building, uh, I, I remember years ago, it was probably about 15 years ago, we, we moved into our house here in Montrose in the year 2000, like two months before Remington was born. And uh, she was born, and then all of a sudden, the next year, we had another child. And I'm like, wow, we got two kids, all right. And then the next year and a half, a third child shows up, and all of a sudden I'm looking around at my house. I'm like, there's only two bedrooms in this house. You know, something's got to give here. So I looked at the basement. It was dark. It was grungy. It was moldy. It was wet. It was, like, scary. And I'm like, ah, I can see. I can see something new here. I can see a vision. So I, I made a goal. I said, in five years, this basement's going to look awesome. So every year... I would do one part. Usually it was over Christmas break. I had a little extra time. So I'd be working and building, and I finished a room, and then I did another. And five years later, our basement was done. And by that time, we had four kids. I'm like, whoa, something's got to give. So I remember several years ago, I'm looking up. I'm like, there's got to be an attic up there somewhere. <laughs> you know? So Dave Allard came over and helped me cut a hole in my attic, popped our heads up there like, yeah, we could do something up here. So I, I built our attic, and I built two bedrooms up there. And now there's no more room inside of my house. It is, like, packed out to the very edges. Anyway, uh, as I'm building and as I'm doing that, uh, there was a, it was a lot of work. And we're talking about building our lives, okay? Now, building your lives, if you want to be a good builder, you've got to have a plan. And if you don't follow the, the plan, uh, things aren't going to fit later. Things aren't going to work out very well if you're just throwing things together. Now, I got some good news for you. You have a master plan for your life right here. In fact, you have the master's plan right here. This is how you build your life. And you know what I've noticed about building is it takes one board at a time. One cut, one nail, one swing of the hammer, one screw, one paintbrush. It takes one piece at a time. And it's, it takes some effort. And if you stick with it and you get one piece in place, then you can do the next piece. You know what I'm saying? In our lives, sometimes we're overwhelmed with, oh, my word, I'm such a mess. I got all these problems. I got this out of order. I got this out of That's okay. We're all a mess. Okay? That's fine. But what piece is God wanting you to put into practice, into place right now? Because right now, you put one thing into place, and all of a sudden, that opens up the door for the next part 
to get in alignment with God. And the more that we begin to allow God through his word to build our lives up, that's how you build your life on the rock. We're not going to have a mansion in 40 days. Your life isn't going to be completely changed in 40 days. But you know what could be changed? You could have created some patterns in your life that will change the next 40 years of your life. Do you see what I'm saying? If you've been on the sidelines or if you're just looking at a big pile of lumber and have no idea what to do, or if you just have no motivation at all and you've given up, then right now is the time for you to say, you know what, hold on a minute. My life can change. If I begin to let God build my life on his word, what could the possibilities be in a few years? I know for me, there's no way I could have done that whole basement in one year with kids and this job and coaching and all the other stuff. I'm like, there's no way I can do all that. That's just too much work. But I thought, you know what? I'll just do one room at a time. One year, one room. That was my goal. And in five years, I had the whole thing done. That's the same with our life. Today is one day, and if you just listen to God and do the one thing that God's calling you to do today, you're doing it. You're on track. You're building your life on the rock. That's what we're talking about here. Can I get an amen? I'm trying to give you some hope because there is great hope for those of you who are going to put the word of God into practice in your life. And there's no better day to start a new habit, a new pattern than today. Today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where you can make a change with God's help and begin to change your future and your life, okay? Now, the Bible, God has given us five senses. You know, the, the hearing, seeing, tasting, whatever else we got, touching, all of those things. Okay, there's five of them. And we experience and take input throughout our, our life through these five senses. And God wants you to have these senses engaged in his word and in his presence. So I want to walk you through the different ways that we can connect with God uh, in these senses. But I want to preface it with this verse that I've been thinking about. And it came to me last week during the message I was talking. And sometimes, uh, oftentimes, when I'm sharing with you, the Holy Spirit pops things into my heart in, in real time, and it just comes as part of the message. And so one of these things came to me last Sunday where the Lord uh, says to us, the greatest commandment is what? And I think you pretty much know this one. He said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Okay, stop there. Let's just put our hands on our heart right here. What is our heart? How do we love God with all of our heart? It's your passion. It's, you can give your heart, you know, and your passion for money, for, for success, you know, for sports, for a hobby, or God says, I want your heart. So let's love the Lord your God with all of your heart, passion. Put him first in your life, okay? All right, so let's go to the next part. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. Okay, I don't have a good body part for this, so I'm going to go like right here, my gut. Soul. The soul is like, in this sense, our gut, our emotions, our feelings. To, to love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your guts, is, is to allow yourself to be freely uh, giving yourself to the Lord. So like in this place today, it's okay for you to, to dance. It's okay for you to shout. It's okay to lift your hands. It's okay to shout out and give God praise because it's a sign that you're giving your soul to God. And I think about the psalmist when he said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. I kind of get the feeling that the psalmist is like having a little pep talk. 
And he's like, come on, soul, let's bless the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord. Soul, we're going to bless the Lord and everything within me. I'm going to bless his holy name. And it's just kind of like, yeah, doing his own little one-man pep show for the Super Bowl. Come on, soul, get excited. God wants to heal your soul. He wants to heal your emotions. He wants to heal your hurts and your wounds. And he wants you to freely give him your soul, all your guts. Okay, so love the Lord your God with all your heart your soul, and your mind. Have you ever thought about that? How do you love God with your mind? So we've got thoughts going on all the time. We've been talking about thoughts quite a bit. Last week we talked about thoughts quite a bit. Have you ever said to yourself, I want my mind to love God? I want all my mind to love God. What does that mean? We're going to talk about that. But to get our thoughts in order to study God, to study his word, to seek him, to take time to say, how do I get all of my mind to God? How do I love God with my mind? Because my mind, I don't know about your mind, but my mind's all over the place. There's a lot of room for improvement in my mind because not all my mind is loving the Lord. I don't know about you. You know, don't leave me hanging up here, but you know what I'm saying? It's like... It's like, I, had, I could, yes, there's some room for improvement. And this is the greatest commandment. God wants all of me. He wants all of you. He wants your whole heart, your whole soul, all your guts. He wants your mind. He wants you to think about him. He wants you to study him. He wants you to know him. He wants you to put your mind on him. He, he wants all of you, okay? And there's one more. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and boom, strength. Your body, your body. I was uh, talking to someone uh, early before the service, and this person was in a place physically to help someone else out, and he became the hands of God because his body was physically there to care for somebody in a time of need. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty awesome. And God has called us to offer ourselves, our, our very body, to his service. That your body, your hands, your feet can make a big difference in somebody else's life if you let God use your body. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Wherever this body goes, so let's make sure that our body can go somewhere. Wherever our body goes, God is there, and we can love somebody. A hug, a high five. We can, we can be there physically to meet needs. And God wants you to love them with all you got. And he says this, when you're loving somebody else, you're loving me. That's basically what he's saying. In Hebrews, I'm just summarizing it for you. When you love somebody, you're loving me. When I see you doing that for them, I credit it. You just did that for me. When you went to the prison and visited somebody, you visited me. When you fed somebody, you fed me. When you put a shirt on somebody's back, you did that for me. That's how God says, I see you loving people, you're loving me because those are my children. Isn't that awesome? And so how do we do that? Well, it starts with, giving ourselves to the Lord in his word. So here's, here's a couple points I want to make for you today, okay? Number one, how do I build my life on the Bible? I need to hear it with my ears. Let's talk about our ears. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing. What happens is when you hear the word of God, something spiritual is happening on the inside of you. It's not just your anvil, stirrup, and uh, hammer 
vibrating bones in your brain figure out these words. There's something spiritual going on. When you hear the truth, the message of Christ, the word of God, something called faith can happen and arise within inside of you. And I'm hoping that's happening for you today, right now. When you walk out of this place this morning, that there is a dose of faith inside of you that was built up and you believe God more for a promise than you did before you came in because you're listening, because your ears were engaged. Now, how many of you know there's a difference between hearing something and, and like, listening, right? Actually, I usually think of, okay, you might have heard me, you know, but you didn't listen. (laughs) You weren't listening to me. Maybe your bones are vibrating, but no, you didn't get the message, okay? And so how do you have a, a, a heart that hears from God? James 1, we're going to look at a couple of things, all right? James 1, chapter 1, verses 19 to 21. I'm going to read this for you. I think it's in your notes there. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Everybody say, quick to listen, okay? Quick to hear, quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Everybody say, save you. What can save you? The word. Yes, I love prayer and prayer works. Yes, I love people and a lot of people have helped me and encouraged me, okay? But I'll tell you what, what's available to me 100% 100% of the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, is the Holy Spirit and His Word. And what's going on inside of this little noggin right here, if I begin to train this little noggin right here to, has, to be a hospitable place for the Word, and I'm thinking about the Word, I'm telling you right now, I don't need a church service. I don't need a, a great friend at that moment. I don't need my favorite song being played by the worship team. Do you hear what I'm saying? If my mind is engaged with the Word of God, no matter what, or where I am, there is salvation that can be taking place in my life at that moment. I don't need a pastor. No, we need all, all those things. We need friends, worship, gathering together. What I'm saying is all day long, every day, at night, in the morning, anytime, anywhere, wherever you are, you have all the power, the, the tool, power tools to build what God wants you to build. You have them. Now, this is one of those tools but this only lasts for 90 minutes. If this is the only time you're building and the rest of the time you're being uh, hit by a, a wrecking ball all week long, you're in trouble. You're not getting very far. If you try to build a couple two-by-fours this morning, you walk out of here and that's the last thing you do until next Sunday, guess what? Those two-by-fours have been knocked over by then. There's no question about it. But we need to be building, building all the time, right? So how do we do that? We hear the Word of God and how do we hear it? We need to hear it in a couple of different ways. One of the things that I want to point out is this word for accept, where it says, when you humbly accept the word of God, that word is a, in Greek, dekomai, and it's a hospitality word. It means that like at the doorway of your heart, you put out a welcome mat, and you're like, come on, word, come on in. I want to welcome the word of God. I want to accept the word of God. Now, you're here this morning, the word that's being spoken in the Bible, it's called seed. Seed is flying out right now. It's going all over the place. Verses, the Spirit of God, the Word of God right now is, is planting seed on your heart right now. But the seed is the same, but the soil might be different in this place. 
you know, I, just to be honest, if you're here and you don't want to be here, maybe your wife made you come or maybe your mom or dad made you come and you're here, I don't want to be here. I want to be sleeping or I want to be doing this or I want to get ready for my party. That's fine, you know. But right now, do you see the soil of your heart? There's no welcome mat. It's going to be really hard for you to receive anything this morning because you're, you don't want it. You're, you're not, you're, you know, you're dealing with other stuff. But if you're here and you're like, man, I need, I need some food. I want what God has for me this morning. You, then you're in a good place. Your soil is ready for the seed. You're bringing it in right now. You're packing it in, covering up, putting some water on it. You're like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, I like that. Drip, 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 drip. You're starting to feed it already, some of you. Okay? So it, we need to accept the word that's planted in us. And when we do that, it can grow and produce new fruit, and it will save us. It will change us. It's so awesome. So here's a couple of things I want to pull out of this passage of Scripture. Number one, uh, he says, let's be slow to speak. When we come to, to hear from God, we need to stop talking. And some of that means stop talking inside of our heads, too. We need to just be quiet. We need to listen. What is God saying to me this morning? Don't be thinking about all the Super Bowl stuff. And, don't, and I keep telling you not to think about that. And then you think about it. Like if I said, you know, big old giant gray elephant, you'd start thinking about an elephant. Stop thinking about that. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we need to come with God and say, okay, I'm going to put my attention on God. God, what does this verse say? God, I want you. Speak to me. So we've we got to quiet our thoughts, quiet down, and listen. Okay? Uh, the second one he says is slow to become angry. You know how hard it is to listen to somebody when you're angry or when you're anxious or when you're antsy and you're thinking about problems or you're upset about life. And if you come in here and you're captured by those thoughts, it's going to be very difficult for you to hear God speaking to you because your attention is somewhere else. You hear what I'm saying? So we, we need to not just come quietly, but we need to calm down and, and, and calm our minds down and listen for what God is saying. The third one, he says, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. So I must come clean. Say, well, how do I do that? It's very interesting, this word for filth in the Greek is this word riparian, riparian, which is associated with earwax. Get rid of the earwax. Get rid of all the moral earwax, the filth, and all the evil, so that you can what? So you can hear and connect with God. And how do we do that? First of all, we all have evil and pain and sin and fallenness and brokenness. How do we do that? Because when we're captured by sin, when we're under just a cloak of evil and, and just, just bad, bad stuff, that stuff is chaining us down. That's holding us back. It's, it's like a big barrier in, in terms of hearing from God and feeling God's presence in our lives. God wants to cleanse you of that. He wants you to be set free from that. So the Bible calls it confession. This is a great promise. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and he's just. And he will forgive us of all of our sin. And this is really awesome. He will give you a spiritual shower and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, from all the filth, from all the crud of this world, from all your sin. And so what's cool about the word confession in Greek, it's, it's two words combined. It's homo logio. And you guys probably know what homo means. Homo means the same. Logo or logio means to speak. So to confess is to speak 
in alignment with God, to agree with God. And so if I, if I uh, am sinning, then for me to confess to God, I need to speak in alignment with God, which means, yes, Lord, I have failed. This is sin. This isn't what you have for me. This is what you have for me. So I want to line up with you. So, Lord, I, I repent of this, and I agree with you. So forgive me, Lord, and I come back to you. I agree with you. And what does God do? He cleanses us from all of that. Do you see? He, the Bible says he cleanses our conscience so that we can come before him. Because when your conscience is filled with guilt and regret and condemnation, the last thing you want to do is come to God or be around godly people because it just perpetuates that feeling. Even though it's not coming from God, we know that. It's not com- those feelings aren't coming from God. God is trying to call us to himself, but that's what our natural result is. Go back to the garden. What did Adam and Eve do after they sinned? They're hiding from God. They ran from God. But aren't you glad that God seeks us out? He will never stop pursuing you. But you know what? It'll really help to hear God if you get the earwax out. Okay? So be cleansed of all unrighteousness. And finally, uh, James says this, humbly accept the word. We must come humble. I must come humble. Oh, God, I need you. Speak to me. I want to hear you. I want to have your voice heard in my spirit. And when he speaks, the humble part says, I'm ready to accept it. I'm ready to do what God says to do. Instead of, oh, I don't like that. Oh, I I thought you were going to say something I would agree with, God. (laughs) No, 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 no. We humbly come to the word and say, Lord, speak to me. You know the answers. You are the truth. And I want to align myself with you. All right, so we hear it with our, with our ears. The second, one to build, the second way to build my life on the Bible is to read it with my eyes. And so James continues on in chapter 1, and he says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently, everybody say, looks intently. Okay, so we got our eyes, and we are looking intently into the perfect law of God that gives freedom. And let me just say very quickly, this here, the Bible, is not just a good Christian thing to do. This isn't an obligation that you have to be a good little Christian, okay? This isn't a burden that God has given you that for the rest of your life, you're supposed to read this book. Okay, I'm supposed to read this book because I'm a Christian and I'm supposed to do all these things for God. I'm telling you right now, that is the opposite of the attitude that you want to have because the truth is, this is life that brings freedom to you. You should be like, ah, more, because the more of God's word and truth gets in you, the more alive you become the more joy and freedom that you have. And I just saw this in the first service and said it. It sounded kind of weird, but it, it made a lot of sense to me. How many of you, you know, could see this going to the doctor? Hey, doc, give me a peace shot. Just give me a peace dough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Woo. That's what I needed, peace. Thank you, doctor. I'll be back tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm telling you right now, the Word of God is life and peace to you. This is your peace shot, okay? A lot of people are taking shots of other stuff, and it's not bringing them peace, but what it's doing is it's numbing them out from the reality, right? And it's destroying their lives. Some people die because of addictions that are they're just numbing out techniques because they can't handle the reality of their life and their problems and their situations. And because they haven't built their life on the rock, what's happening? They're collapsing. They don't know that this actually will set them free. This will give them new hope. This will give them a path to chart out a path of success. This will give them the peace that they need, even in the midst of a storm. This will hold them strong. This is their anchor. They don't know that. Do you know that? Are you building your life right here on the Word? On the Word. Are you reading it? So it says, look intently into the perfect law that gives us freedom and continues in doing this, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it. And so it talks about a mirror. How many of you looked at a mirror this morning? How many of you looked at a mirror this morning like, ooh, yeah. Let me just see who looked in the mirror. (laughs) I'm just thinking, I'm looking at who was gazing in the mirror and who just glanced at the mirror. And I could tell by your hair, so. <laughs> so the Bible says, don't just glance at the word. The Bible says, look intently into it. Just like you, some, some of you were looking intently in the mirror this morning. And you're trying to make some corrections. <laughs> or you're trying to put some things in order. Now, the mirror, the analogy of the mirror is, we look in the mirror to evaluate ourselves. We're, we're, we're looking to Look at what needs adjusting or attention or something. Now, the Bible is a mirror for our soul. Uh, It reflects our heart to us. The Spirit speaks to us, reflects to us what needs adjusting. For what purpose? For our purpose of life and peace and freedom. So when we're reading the Word and we're reading it, and the Spirit of God jumps uh, some words off that page and begins to speak to us, all of a sudden God is saying, I love you. And this area of your life needs some attention. And here's the truth. And you're here, and my truth that sets you free and gives you life and peace is here. So come on down. You know what I'm saying? Come on over. Join me. Agree with me. How many of you remember that verse I say all the time? All the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. And we say amen. We say I agree. I agree, Lord. How can you agree to something you haven't read or that you don't know? When you start to read and God points this out, you can say, ah, I agree with you, God. And life comes to you. Freedom comes to you. So let's read the Bible. Let's gaze into the Bible. All right, the third one. I research uh, to build my life on the Bible. I research it with my hands and my mouth. Here's what... um, Here's what I want to challenge you with, okay, is when you're here this morning, uh, we know this by science, you know, they've they've done this thing called the learning pyramid, and uh, we only retain 5% of what we hear. This morning, if you're just sitting here and you're just listening to my voice, you're only going to remember 5% unless you do something else, okay? Um, It goes on to say, if you start to read whatever's being talked about, you double your retention, 10%. So if you've been reading the screen, for instance, or if you've been reading the verses uh, on your log notes, you doubled your retention. But 10%, really? That's not, that's not that great, honestly. 
But if you start to talk about this with someone today over lunch, this week in your life group, that's why one of the reasons why we have life groups because we need each other, but we also grow best together. We grow when we have a chance to talk. I wish we had more time here where all of us could be talking, but it's not how it works. We would never have enough time to meet if we did it that way. But you need to talk about it. If you will talk about what you're learning, 50% retention. It gets even better than that. The more you engage, if you are right now taking notes, like uh, I always take notes when someone's speaking. If you have a pen or pencil and you're writing down and you circle a word and you, God says something to you while I'm talking, you're like, oh, I'm going to write that down. All of a sudden, your retention rate goes up even higher. And if you begin to teach somebody what God has taught you, you will retain 90%. Isn't that amazing? So what I do and what I encourage you to do um, is to write down what God says. I open the Bible. I read it. I ask God, speak to me, God. I need you. You know that. Help me, Lord. Help me to learn. Help me to grow. And then I write down anything that he says, anything that pops out. I write down a verse. I start writing about the verse. And I, and I, just, I just flipped through this a few minutes ago. I didn't do this in the first service, but I'll do it here. Uh, March 5th of 2018. Flip that open. And I was, uh, I, was, I was just reading Mark chapter 10, verse 21. It says, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. So I, was, I must have been reading Mark chapter 10, and that verse popped out to me. And Jesus is talking to this rich young man. I don't remember if you guys remember that story. And, um, and so this is what I wrote. I said, Jesus wasn't or isn't against people having money but against people trusting in money. This became a spiritual barrier to this young man. Just before Jesus said this to him, the scriptures say Jesus looked at him and loved him. Before he said this to him, the scriptures say Jesus looked at this young man and loved him. And then he said to him, go and sell everything you have. So I was writing on there, and I said, Jesus loved him enough to challenge him to not trust in anything like money except God. God wants us to be fully reliant on him. And money isn't bad unless it's taken God's place as our security or trust. Then I asked myself a question. I said, what is that in my life? Is it my money? Is it my reputation? Is it my job? Is it my ability is there anything that I'm trusting in more than God? So that was just my reflection in those few moments that day last year. There's no way I would have remembered all that stuff, but I remember more of it when I start to write it down. And now that I taught you, I got 90% of it, baby. Woo! See, perks of the job right there. Perks of the job. I get to teach all the stuff that I learned, and I can remember it more. Well, I want to encourage you to, to do that. I'm running out of time, so I'm going to have to go through these last two very quickly. Number four, um, I review and remember it with my mind. James 1.25 says this, Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting. Everybody say, not forgetting. Not forgetting. Okay, not forgetting. How in the world do you not forget something? It's like looking in the mirror and just, just taking a quick glance, going on your day, and you forgot. The Bible says, don't do that with the word. Don't forget it. You look intently into it, you read it. You listen to it, you read it, you study it, you engage with it. But you need to remember it. So how do you remember it? You memorize it. 
I'm telling you the truth right now. The greatest habit that you could have in your life is to memorize and meditate on God's word. That is the greatest thing you could do in your life. The greatest habit, greatest discipline, greatest daily routine that you could have is to meditate and memorize God's word. Our verse this week says in Joshua 1 8, uh, the way I have it memorized is don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. I think the one that we got is something like always keep uh, his word on our lips. So we need to speak it. Then it says meditate on it day and night so that you're careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The Bible says you need to speak it. You need to be meditating on it so that you do it. When you do it, you will be blessed. You will prosper. You'll be successful. You'll have more wisdom than your teachers. You will be walking on the path of life and freedom and fullness. Do you believe that? So my last point here is I respond to the word with my actions. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So here's the deal. I want to throw out kind of a... Uh, radical statement to you so that it will cause you to think about it. And here it is. You only believe the parts of the Bible that you do. Think about that. This can be very uh, confrontational to you. You only believe the parts of the Bible that you do. In other words, the, the goal of studying the Bible is the rabbis, the rabbis used to say, they would say this. They would say, we study to learn to do. The whole point of our studying and learning is to do it. Why? Because when you do it, you are blessed. You're in alignment with God. All the blessings of God are by faith as we walk it out. In other words, knowing it doesn't do you any good without doing it. So you may know a lot of stuff, but it doesn't matter. You could be like here today, hey, pastor, it's a great message. It was awesome. I really like the mirror or this thing or that joke or whatever. That was cool. You go, on your, on, you know, go home. You get your Super Bowl party ready. You, know, you watch the game. You wake up tomorrow. You go to work. You're on your business, whatever. You're doing your thing. But you didn't do anything with it. Somebody else sitting here today leaves, and they're like, hold on a minute. That's the key. I've been wanting God. I've been listening. I've been reading. But, oh, I need to do something. I need to put this into practice. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to memorize the ver verse this week. I'm going to do it. I'm going to open my Bible. Even if it's just for one verse, I'm going to do it. I'm going to read it. So this person goes home. They get on their computer, they open their phone, they start reading the verse. Tomorrow morning they wake up, all right, I'm doing this, okay? Read the verse, think about it a little bit throughout work, you know, and I'm going to read my chat. They do it. That's the difference. That person right there is building their life on the rock. Why? Because you're not doing what Pastor Tim told you to do. You're doing what the Word told you to do. These challenges didn't come from me. This is what the Bible says, to meditate on my Word day and night. Be careful to do all that's in there. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Psalm 1 says the same thing. You should read Psalm 1. When you, you know, blessed is the man 
who has his delight in the Word of God. He meditates on it day and night. And he is like a tree planted by streams of water. And, he, and um, in season, he produces the fruit. And his, his leaf never withers. And whatever he does, prospers. Does that sound like a good life to you? Sounds like a good life to me. I mean, how many times do we want to look for the secret to life? It must be this book. It must be this philosophy. Oh, if I just try this harder. I'm telling you, God just told you what it is. You want to be prosperous, successful in life. You meditate on his word day and night, and you put it into practice. You're not memorizing this because you, you can say, oh, I did it. I know it now. No, the whole point is that you now do it. It's part of you, and the blessing of God comes. When you leave this place today, it will have been of no point whatsoever if you were just entertained or you just thought it was a good message and you don't do anything. But if you leave today and the message was even boring, it didn't even matter what the message was like. If you leave today and you take part of God's word and you just put it into practice, that will change your life. Remember what James said? He says, this is the word that's planted in you which can save you. The word can save you. And don't forget that the word is a person. His name is Jesus. And just like Jesus, Mary was impregnated with Jesus, Jesus wants you impregnated with the word too. He wants the word in you, dwelling in you richly, Colossians says. That's going to be our verse next week, Colossians 3.16. That the word of God would dwell in you richly. Why? Because it will produce life and freedom and wholeness and purpose and wisdom and keep you on that, on that path that leads to all these things. So today, listen, be the wise man. As we started out, the wise man, the foolish man. They were both in the church service. They both heard the same stuff. They heard exactly the same teaching. They went out the doors in a few minutes, and one of them forgot what they saw. The other one said, I'm going to do that. And the same storm hit both of their houses, both of their lives, and the one life collapsed under the pressure there was no strong foundation. The word wasn't in them to sustain them. God hadn't done the things inside of them that would, would give them the wisdom in those moments, the strength in those moments, the courage in those moments, the relationships that they would need in those moments. And this person, one day at a time, one board at a time, one swing of the hammer at a time, said, hey, I don't know where all this is going, but I'm going to trust in the Lord. And I'm going to hit one nail right now. I'm going to look at, I'm going to read the verse. It's going to take me 30 seconds, but I'm going to do something. Bam, bam, bam. The next day, I'm going to read that verse again. Boom, boom, boom. And you build. You build. And God does something. He does something inside of you. He transforms your life. I hope you're motivated because I'm fired up. I want to just give you a quick testimony as we close. At the turn of the year, I made a fresh commitment, personal commitment myself to just recharge uh, and reconnect with the Word of God uh, personally and take it up a notch. So like right before January 1st, you know, that's kind of a time of reflection in my life. I said, I'm just going to make a fresh commitment to the Word of God. I'm just going to go after this thing. I'm going to try to really start meditating on God's Word. I'm going to try to fill my mind with His thoughts. I'm going to try to memorize more Scripture. I just want to go for it. I've been doing that this whole year. And I'm telling you, I have experienced a huge change in quality of life in, inside of my heart. I just feel better. I feel more at peace and more content 
I'm sleeping better. I'm just more excited about life. Uh, because the word of God is now taking, taking its, uh, it's, it's having its effect. You know what I'm saying? That's just a personal, personal thing. I've, I'm always in the word, but I've just made a fresh commitment to it. I've just kind of ratcheted up. I'm like, now I'm running. I'm just going to get after this. And I'm loving it. But it still takes time. still takes a decision. still takes me saying, okay, let's crack that book open. Okay, let's do this again. Every night right now, I'm going to bed. The last thing I think about is a verse. I read, I do my Bible's reading in the morning. All day long, I'm trying to memorize a verse. At night, the last thing I do is I look up that verse or I start trying to remember it as I fall asleep. That's what I'm doing. I just want to encourage you, wherever you are, take that step forward. Let's get into the Word. Take on these challenges. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. I want to pray for you right now. Okay, you can stay seated, but let's just pray. God, I just ask by your Spirit right now, Lord, that you would infuse us with an appetite for your Word. God, for each one in this place this morning, Lord, we need you, but we don't always realize how much we need you, and I pray that you would stir up an appetite in us, God, for your Word, and that you, as we take the step of faith, maybe it's new for us to start reading your Bible or start uh, memorizing and meditating on Scripture. But God, as we do that, I pray, Holy Spirit, you just speak so loud to our hearts, Lord, that we get excited, that we start getting life, and we start getting peace, and we start seeing changes taking place in our attitudes and the quality of our life. God, that this church will prosper, and, the, and everyone in this church will be successful and will be filled with your life and your joy and your purpose and all these good fruits, Lord. And I just pray that we would see this happen in our lives during these 40 days. God, that we would, you give us the strength to put into practice and, and solidify some of these challenges, these habits that we're trying to create for our own benefit. I just pray, Lord, your anointing on each one here this morning, that we can receive your, your hunger, your appetite for life today. In Jesus' name. Before we go, I want to pray for anyone here that needs to get right with God, okay? Jesus loves us. He died for us. And he's the only way to heaven. When I was talking about all this moral filth and evil that surrounds us, you know, you might have been thinking, oh man, that's me, you know. Uh, I'm a mess. So much of my life. I've made so many mistakes. I have so many regrets. But I got kind of weird good news for you. We're all a mess. But I got better news for you. That Jesus can cleanse you and forgive you of all your sin. He loves you. He's for you. God has pursued you. And maybe you have run from God, but God has never stopped pursuing you. And you're here this morning, and today's your day to get right with God. To do that, the Bible says that we confess that Jesus is our Lord, that we recognize our need for a Savior, and His name is Jesus, and we give our heart to Him. And if that's your desire this morning, I want to lead you in a prayer to get right with God, to be born again, have your sins forgiven, and to have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if you're here this morning, I want to pray with you before you go. Would you guys all bow your heads one more time? If you're here and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to get right with God. I want to be cleansed from my sins. I need God. I need Jesus as my Savior. Right where you are, would you just lift your hand so I can uh, celebrate your decision this morning before we pray together? If that's you, right now, just go ahead and lift your hand up high. Say, Pastor, that's me. I'm getting right with God today. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Awesome. All right. Would you mind joining us in prayer? Let's pray this prayer together.
And let's say this out loud. I'll say, Jesus, thank you that you have never stopped pursuing me. And today, I give my heart to you, my whole life to you. I thank you that you came and lived, lived a sinless life. And you paid for my sin on the cross. And God raised you from the dead to verify that your sacrifice was accepted. And that one day, I too would live forever in your presence. So today, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I trust in you with my life. Forgive me and cleanse me in your name. And fill me with your Holy Spirit so I have the power to live this new life you've called me to live. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We celebrate, Lord, today your saving power over our lives. And would you stand with me? We're going to uh, close our service. And if you're here this morning um, for our membership class, as soon as our service is finished, you may make your way right down the hallway, always straight down the end of the hallway. Lunch is already available for you. So as soon as you are dismissed here, just you can go head on down there. Make sure that your kids are taken care of. We have lunch for the kids as well in the energy zone. And we're going to meet straight back there in the warehouse. And you can head straight back there and begin to get your food. And uh, I'm really looking forward to spending some time with you. Uh, we're going to have a membership class today. And then this year we'll do it one or two more times. So if you didn't get a chance to do it, we'll still be doing that. And excited to welcome more people into our family today. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a super day. But let me uh, bless you before we go, okay? And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom, in his name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you.